This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is Mr. Corey Cassoni. He is the co-founder of Crown Studios. How are you, sir? Doing well. How are you doing, Corey? Good. Nice to meet somebody that spells their name right for once. Amen. Uh, I'm so tired of all the, <laughs> the extra letters and the wrong letters. Everybody likes to add E's and I's yeah, and yeah. Y's. And, yeah. <laughs> well, tell us about yourself, sir. What's your background? How'd you get into this business? Oh, wow. How did I get into this business? The pandemic is the short answer. <laughs> so I started in comic book publishing and I worked at Oni Press, which is a big comic publisher, published a little comic book called Scott Pilgrim that became like a movie and now is an anime wow. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And when I left Oni, I went to work at Namco Bandai Games in Tokyo. And when I left Namco, I struck out on my own and I said, I've worked with a lot of creators. I've worked with a lot of publishers. I think that maybe creators can do a lot of this stuff um, themselves. I really believed in technology and I thought there's a lot that publishers provide, but I think a lot of creators can do something differently. Mm -hmm. I started preaching this idea of a creative middle class to a lot of people. And my co-founder, Meg Maiden, and I, we started talking about like, how do we get creators to do this themselves using technology and that sort of stuff that had become, was becoming available on the internet. Things like crowdfunding and drip services, Patreon and package deals and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And we had started a creative share space in a the historic Ford building in Portland, Oregon. And at the oh, wow. time, it was the front of house was a bunch of desks. And we had creative people working there. They You would rent a desk and that was your space. And then Meg and I would do the businessy part of it so you could spend more of your time creating. And mm -hmm. part of that was running online stores and fulfilling packages for people, helping people crowdfund through Kickstarter and, and setting up their subscriptions through Patreon. And the key to us at the time was having multiple kinds of people. There had been share spaces before, we're in Portland, Oregon. There had been share spaces before in Portland, but many of them were like laser focused on one industry. Often it was mm. like, here's a room full of designers. Here's a room full of game makers. Here's a room full of animators. Here's a room full of comic artists. And we really wanted to diversify that setup. So we had encouraged a lot of people to get in the space and mix and it was great for quite a while. And then this thing called COVID happened. Mm. I don't know if you heard of it. I have. Um, yeah. Yeah. Frustrated. So within a couple of weeks, we went from a big thriving community to a giant empty room with mm. a big lease to pay. So Megan, I remember specifically, we were sitting there looking at each other going, well, what are we going to do? The bills are not going to stop coming. We're going to have to figure this out. And the one thing that was still functional was packaging and shipping. And mm -hmm. we had been for years encouraging people diversify your income streams, have an online store, do that sort of stuff. And the biggest holdup for most people was if I do that, I have to take time away from the creative thing hmm. in order to do run the store, do the fulfillment, communicate with customers, that sort of stuff. So uh, Megan and I said, look, this is a thing we can do 
socially distanced. So yeah. we can convert this whole room into a warehouse. Essentially, we'll, we'll just move all the desks into a corner, set up racking. It'll become a warehouse. We'll help you set up your store. Amazon got overrun with people needing essential services. Brick and mortar completely shut down. Yeah. Um, everybody we had worked with, some people we had worked with for 10 years that we had been trying to get to do online stores. Uh, and these are businesses. They're big publishers. They just wouldn't do it. And when the pandemic hit, they just went, ah, eh, why not? Brick and mortar is closed. <laughs> like I'm not selling anything. So if you guys think you can do this, go ahead and do it. And I would say within three months or four months, we went from that office space to a 10,000 square foot, 20 foot ceiling warehouse, four bays, oh. full office. I We had to move. We had to transition immediately. And we were able to staff up and we were able to just start working. I don't want to call us a 3PL because that's a very specific thing. Yeah. We're more of a client services. We're still really laser focused on helping creators spend more time creating. And now it's not just creators, it's creative businesses. A lot of our clients now are like publishers and toy makers and game makers. And they want to make the thing. They have a, a B2B retail connection, but what they're lacking is that B2C in the middle. And mostly because if you're a business doing that sucks, no one <laughs> wants to do that. You have to hire staff, you have to have a right. space, you have to do packaging materials. Work. It's yeah. a lot of work. And that sort of has become our bread and butter. We still do full vertical stuff. We still help people manufacture things. We still help creators brainstorm and we still run their Shopify stores. But I would say the vast majority of our work now is in the realm of of fulfillment of, of yeah. stuff comes in the door and then we make it go out the door. It's a, it's incredible what you've built in a very short oh, time. You, yeah. So very, congratulations to you and your team. I'm totally impressed. Every time I come to your facility, because I'm in Portland too, <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to see what new things are out and about here in this, in this industry that you've defined. Is the phrase comic book a bad phrase or do we call Not them graphic novels? That's no, I, there was... So graphic novels, if you want to get into the history of comics, graphic novels, it became it was a marketing terminology that that the industry needed to tell people that the format, the medium of comic books was not just for kids, that it, it's mm. a it's a medium, not a, not necessarily a genre. And it's a thing that everybody can read and enjoy. And that at this point, you can call it whatever you want. You can call it comics. You can call it graphic novels. It, it doesn't it's medium. It doesn't matter. Right. It's a uh, it's painting. It's just, it's a, it's a medium of expression. It's all it's a art. creation, right? Yeah. right yeah. So I don't think there was a time a while ago when people would get very persnickety if you used one term over the other, but I, I think that time is gone. I think now we just call it what it is. Well, that's great. Yeah. So you're fulfilling orders mostly yep. in your facility there yep. and you use a lot of packaging. An and... incredible amount of packaging. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. Sure. You've gone... We've been able to transition to some more sustainable alternatives. I'm yeah. excited to learn about that. that Do you want to walk us through some of that process? That was something. So we've always done trade shows, B2C trade shows. And that would be like San Diego Comic-Con is like the biggest one we do, right? But we also do Gen Con. We do all the Penny Arcade Expos, that kind of stuff. We have clients to go to all those shows. And even before we were doing the stores and the shipping, the packaging, a thing that Meg and I had really noticed was how much trash is generated at those mm -hmm. shows. If you want to get, if you really want a, a kick in the pants, go to a trade show <laughs> and go to the back dock and it is just dumpster after dumpster. And I don't mean like 
small dumpsters, giant 30 foot ones. long yeah. trash compactor style dumpsters. And they're mostly full of plastic because to get to a show, you've got to ship your stuff there. You got to get it on the floor. Mm-hmm. It's coming in on pallets. The only way to deal with that really is to wrap it in plastic. There's not, mm-hmm. and it's a single use plastic, right? So we had always had in the front of our mind, oh, this is wasteful. We want to try and get to shows in different ways. We've figured out ways to drive to shows. We figured out ways to rent trucks and caravan multiple multiple clients to shows in one truck so that we don't have to necessarily wrap stuff. We're trying to figure out ways like how do we make this cheaper, both in terms of fuel and plastic use. So that was always in the forefront of our mind. And then when we pivoted heavily into running stores and doing fulfillment, it, it like it's so hard to not do plastic tape, plastic fill, bubble wrap, especially when you're shipping books. We ship a lot of books, big, heavy, hardcover books, and consumers don't want those to get banged up. Right. So if you're huge, if you're an Amazon or whatever, and you have a warehouse in every city, you don't have to think about that much. You can put it in a paper bag and you can send it and it's going two or three miles and who cares, right? (laughs) But we have a facility in Portland, Oregon. Well, technically... We have a partner warehouse in Australia and a partner warehouse in the UK, but the vast majority of our stuff happens here in Portland, Oregon. We've thought about expanding to other facilities in Indianapolis or in Florida, a couple other spaces to try and do shorter amounts of distro. But at the end of the day, it it doesn't behoove our clients to do that. So we don't. That's a personal ethos of ours is, yeah, it'll make us more money, but it'll cost our clients more and we don't Hmm. there's not we haven't found a way around it yet basically right so how we got connected was our next step was like how do we do this in such a way how do we i I believe when we first talked to it was about how do we design a box right that can help us ship a hardcover book so that we don't have to fill a, a standard box with a bunch of packaging right and i think we're still working on this but i think we've devised a way a flat fold way that the book is protected without us having to put any dunnage in it at all whatsoever. And I, we're still experimenting, but I think, <laughs> I really think we're close, Corey. I think we're almost there. I do too. Yeah. I I, and it's, I think it's going to change the way people ship books. It, it is. It's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. And there are some publishers that have similar, they've got those, what are those things called where they like squish the books together through two, you know what I'm Oh yeah. About? Yeah. Uh, cohesive material yeah yep. yeah the cohesive things where the book goes through the machine and sucks it together and pushes <laughs> it through, and you cut out the sides yeah that kind of works i've received books like that they they still get a little dinged up but mm-hmm. with what we've worked on uh if you're from the comic book world it's very similar to what's called a gemini mailer where you put a single comic in the middle it folds around and encapsulates encapsulates the book entirely so you don't have any dunnage in there and it's rigid enough it won't get folded the mailman won't fold it in half And then on the ends of it, there's a little bit of space, about an inch off of either side, so that it can be dropped and get a little ding. But the it's like the book is floating in the middle. It's held in the middle of this protective, you know, area. Great. So that's how we first got connected. And I still, I I think we're going to get there. Our our hope is that by mid next year, we've converted entirely away from square boxes, and we're in this realm of fold over stuff Mm -hmm. because so much of what we ship is so similar, and and we're unique in that situation. It doesn't solve the problem right now. <laughs> right, right. Right. And you were the one who had said to us, you should check out this 3M stuff. I don't, I be honest with you, I don't even know what it's called. We just ordered by the roll. <laughs> Scotch cushion lock. Yeah. Cushion lock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, 
how do I explain it? It comes in a roll. It's got a honeycomb pattern. When you pull it, it opens. Yeah. And it's meant to replace bubble wrap. I, I brought some with me because you had asked me, yeah. like, how are you using it? So I actually brought a box with some in it. I don't know if you re- if you video record this as well as audio record. Yeah, we'll show, we'll show clips. Yeah. yeah. So here, I can hold it up so you can see it. So it's this stuff. It comes on a roll. And when we Amazing. when you open it, it turns into this expanded area. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to entirely replace bubble wrap with this stuff. Awesome. Pound for pound and cost wise, because a lot of what we do, it has to be cost. It is slightly more expensive, but we use so much less hmm. of it that and that it's made it better for us. Like we're not creating the the single use plastic waste. It's paper and, and saves money. That's wonderful. And it yeah. saves us money. Yeah. And it, and again, this is a you have to understand we ship 20, 30,000 books a year. Right. So it's like for us, it's easy to say it saves us money because we get to spread that over this huge thing. Um, yeah. I think if you just ordered a bubble bag, it, you'd probably be a little <laughs> less expensive. But but yeah, we've really found it to be helpful. And we're finding weird ways to use it too. The intention is that you wrap something in it. So we have, occasionally we'll ship some breakables, some glassware. We just did a whole set of um, like coffee mugs and we were able to roll the coffee mug in it. And that was great. Oh, wow. But what they want us to do is wrap a book in it. Mm-hmm. And what we found is that we can use even less of it by pulling it off and balling it up and putting it in the corners, almost like a foam corner block. So now we've replaced two products that we don't have to use at all. And both of which are, you know, effectively a petroleum product because you've got those foam squares, which are crazy expensive, by the way, and have to be cut to shape. And we've replaced a bubble bag. And what we're finding is that our customer service tickets haven't gone up. Like we have about the same number of people saying my book is damaged. And generally speaking, when the book is damaged, it comes down to a postal issue, not a packing issue. Mm-hmm. But we find that most of the time anyway. And it's not even that postal workers or courier services are bad. It's just that these boxes go through a lot between point A and point B. They have a long yeah. way to go. Good point. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that has been a real game changer for us in the way that we package our materials. And I think if if we get to the place too, with these kind of flat full boxes working on, that'll change it again, yeah. even further, where the single books we'll be able to put in those and the boxes where we have multiple books we'll be able to corner them or to wrap the book entirely in this product it's pretty great stuff it makes me so happy that's worked for you and the scotch cushion lock solution is truly innovative and i think you're exactly right moving to more sustainable packaging is it's a progress it's a progression of trial and error. It's like you said, at first you looked at it and maybe the cost per square foot is a little bit more. It but was. When, when you don't have to use as much, all of a sudden, wait, this is it. This is a cost savings and our customers will like it more. Have you had any feedback from anybody saying, hey, this is pretty cool stuff? No, not really. <laughs> this is what's so interesting is because we're using this and there was another new product you introduced us to. We're using both mm-hmm. of them right now. And we haven't heard from anybody what a weird, interesting thing. But we have heard from clients, oh, our customers have said that was really well packed. Hmm. So I think to me, that translates as them opening this thing and being like, whoa, that's weird. Yeah. And then because they're used to getting either like crumpled paper pushed in around the sides, like in a horseshoe shape or mm-hmm. bubbles on bubbles or peanuts just everywhere, and, and, which is another potentially sustainable option that there are some biodegradable peanuts that you can use, but Mm -hmm. it requires an overhead. It comes with big bags. It takes up a ton of space in a warehouse as tight as ours. You've been in here. It ain't, we're the Willy Wonka's factory of nerd stuff. It's not, (laughs) we don't have space for bags and 
bags of bubbles. Right. Has that been a big help for your team, having this product that's flat when it arrives? This stuff comes in rolls, but it's so easy to store. Unexpanded. That's what I didn't mean. Yeah, yeah. It. uh, I can't say enough about it. It's what's nice is I'm not going to blow smoke. It's not a product we use on every shipment. Sure. But we don't use bubbles on every shipment either. So, but it is a product where it's every time we get to a fulfillment where that book needs a little bit extra or there's four heavy hardcover books in that box. Our two options are split the books up. So now we got two shipments. Customer hates that, obviously, because they have to pay for shipping ties twice. Client <laughs> hates it because now they have two potential CSs. We hate it because we got to touch it two times. Or can we package this in such a way where it's not changing the weight that dramatically? Because I think that's the other thing. And I, I haven't weighed these, but I would bet money that this product is lighter. Mm-hmm. than plastic than than packing corners and bubble I'm, i I don't so. I honestly don't know, but I would yep. my gut says, and I touch a lot of boxes. my gut says this is a lighter product it it just there's more air in it mm-hmm. um, for lack of a better way of explaining it. The plastic a, a bubble wrap can only have as much air as you purchase for it. You purchase bubble wrap based on the size of the bubble and that has air forced into it. You can also do, there are machines where you can do the bubbles that come out and you have to fill every bubble as it comes out of the machine. There are biodegradable versions of that as well. The setup is expensive. The machine is expensive. We've looked at doing that before versus a product like this. It's time consuming, (laughs) but you start, you get to where you just have a, you have a part-timer who's just doing nothing but like sitting at a machine pumping bubbles all day long. And then you have this bin of bubbles and there are machines that automate it, but we're a small business. I don't know that I want to invest in those machines right Right. now. Right. That's like Um, you said, you want your customers to be able to focus on creativity. Yeah. You want to be able to focus on shipping and logistics and handling all of that rather than making bubble wrap. (laughs) Yeah. It's the only way. Right. So yeah, it's a cool product. It's cool. Thank you for introducing us to it. Well, I'm thankful that you like it. I, we've had a lot of very positive feedback from it mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, great success stories. So I wanted to focus on yours and, and your really cool company. My my son's an avid graphic novel reader, so uh-huh. he's a big fan of what you do. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I told him I was interviewing you. He said, oh, those guys are great. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not us. It's all the people we work with. We, we just get the books to you. So. Yeah. So any big launches coming up that you can tell us about or anything oh, that, that you want to highlight about right now? We're <laughs> just finishing fulfillment on, we work with a company called Goodman Games. They make some books called Dungeon Crawl Classics. I think they have another Kickstarter running right now. So we do the fulfillment for all the Dungeon Crawl Classics stuff. And that's cool. Udon Entertainment, one of the publishers we work with, they have a special edition of the Elden Ring art book, which is available in the U.S. for the first time. If you want uh, a box that comes to your door with cool packaging, yeah. that's what I would say, because it, it, we made a custom box for that one and, and had oh, it cool. done at the printer. So the it's a two book set. It's very heavy and it comes with the boxes like pre-built so that we're literally oh. just pulling it off the pallet and slapping a label on it. And that's I think that's a really good example of the kind of things that we do here. Yes, that was more expensive in production of the book. But we've got huge savings on time, energy, dunnage, and just so much we're saved on when we don't have to, how do we get this book in this box and not have it be destroyed when it arrives at its final destination? So having them 
prepackaged with recyclable cardboard. I believe the cardboard is re- already recycled cardboard. So it's probably at this point, it's probably done. You're probably not going to do anything with it after this, but <laughs> it's definitely going to biodegrade. It has one piece of plastic tape on the entire box. And it just, that, that's it. It's folded over inside. It's got ridges around the inside. And then the top has a has like a link fold. And then it's one single piece of tape. I don't have to do anything to it. Put a label on it out the door. That's really nice. And a lot of, are your consumers keeping the packaging as a keepsake often for something like that? What's interesting, not for that, but we have heard from Joseph Goodman at Goodman Games. He has told us in the past that they've done some custom packaging. And what they found is they had to put the custom packaging in another package because the consumer (laughs) wanted to keep the custom packaging. So (laughs) <laughs> That's a that is sometimes a problem is the customer is like, oh, I love that. I love that box. And they want right. to keep it. And you're like, no, it's a shipping box. <laughs> they're like, oh, but it has all this cool art on it and stuff. So, yeah, we have had that in the past, but it's not been a problem lately. The real fans have to have yeah, every unique fans. thing, right? The, yeah. the box fans. Yeah, it happens. Well, that's excellent. Anything else you wanted to tell us about your company or the things that yeah. you're doing there? No, I don't think so. We're very, we just very quietly plug away. And it, I would say, check out the creators we work with. If you want to, if you want to check somebody out, I, I'm just a warehouse. I put things in boxes. <laughs> like you need to go look at those other people. What's the best way for those creators to get a, in touch with you? Oh, for creators to get in touch with us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a website set up. It's crownstudios.com. It's C-R-W-N studios.com. Crown with no O. What's the impetus of that? When we started our studio, this is the first time I've told this story publicly. Interesting. <laughs> when we started our We're studio. We're getting exclusive. Yep, yeah, it's people. true. It's true. <laughs> we had a share space and everybody in the share space wanted the space to have a name. And Meg and I, as the co-founders, were like, ah, oh, we got to file paperwork. We don't want to just, we don't want to be Megan Corey Studios or whatever. Like we, yeah. it's, we need some kind of name. So we had a blackboard wall and we told everyone there, start writing names on the wall and we'll come up with something. And there were a lot of really good names. And it was just months were going by. And Meg and I were like, we have taxes to file. Like we have <laughs> to have an EIN. We got to get registered. And in the we had a group chat set up for the whole the whole space. And I finally just said to everybody, like, look, gang, I, we got to pick a name. I, I don't know. I don't care what it is. We just need some kind of creative random workplace name for the space. And somebody in the group said, that's perfect. I love it. I said, what do you mean? And I said, creative, random workplace name. So (laughs) now that's awesome. So I registered the business as Crown Studios and (laughs) we've been creative, random workplace name ever since. I love that. That's wonderful. (laughs) I could like to have a t-shirt that said that. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the, the secret origins of our studio name of creative, random workplace name. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you, Corey. I really appreciate your wisdom and your partnership. It's been really fun working with you and your team. Absolutely. Thank you, Corey. Thank you for having me. Now, if I don't get back to this pick line, my my Packers <laughs> are going to kill me. So I need to I need to hop off here in a minute. We'll let you get back. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate your time, Corey. Thank you Thank so you. much. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed. When it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve, The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. 
Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.